Hello, my fellow ortho enthusiasts, and welcome to the Seaview Ortho Podcast, where we cover everything orthopedics to get you back to quality living. I am your host, Layla Jabbar, and you are joining us for episode three, where we will be discussing how orthopedics relates to mental health and tips for staying mentally well while dealing with pain and orthopedic issues. We will also be discussing the process of getting screened for mental illness. Today, we are joined by Dr. Charles Dacness and Dr. Arnold Williams. Dr. Dacness is a fellowship-trained interventional management physician out of Harvard University and is one of our experts here at Seaview Orthopedics. Dr. Dacness is a published author in multiple peer-reviewed journals and has authored book chapters on pain management and the treatment of various painful disorders. Dr. Dacness offers regenerative, non-operative alternatives for disc and lower back pain. We are also joined by Dr. Arnold Williams, who is currently the medical director for RWJ Barnabas Behavioral Health Center. He has completed his undergrad and medical school at Rutgers University, and he has been in practice for 11 years. He was previously the director of screening services for RWJ Barnabas Health. So Sunday, October 10th was Mental Health Awareness Day. This day officially started in 1992 by the World Federation for Mental Health in an effort to destigmatize mental illness and shed light on its effects around the world. So how does this relate to orthopedics? Chronic and even acute pain can affect a person's mental health and how they interact with the world around them. Additionally, injury and disability can lead to sadness and possible depression as a person's expectations and lifestyle may be altered. CV Orthopedics is very aware of how mental health can be affected by injury and illness, as well as how mental health can affect the healing and recovery process. So enough talking from me. Let's hear from our experts. Dr. Dacness, let's start with you. What is pain management for those who don't know, and what are some of the practices? So a nice broad question. Uh, pain management is the care of symptoms that are dysphoric or unpleasant for individuals, painful sensation. It does, we don't really have to go into what is pain because everybody has a really clear idea of what that is. But sometimes pain doesn't go away uh, in an appropriate period of time. And, and that's where pain management can come into play. Pain management is not just managing the symptoms of, of, oh, my arm hurts or, oh, my back hurts, but it's managing the whole person. It's managing that mental health as well. Because um, as Dr. Williams will, will I'm sure, collaborate, Having that chronic, what we call nociceptive or painful experience, alters the way an individual sees their reality. And that's where we can run into real problems when pain's not well managed over the, over the course of time. What do you think, Doc? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in my experience, the things that patients have even educated me about, uh, they've shown that it's not just a matter of what the physical sensation is. It's the anticipation that it's going to happen again. It's the fact that it's ongoing and it may wax and wane, but for some people, it doesn't go away. Uh, it's the idea that their, their entire way of life, how they're going to function on a daily basis is changing. And what can they do either to adapt to it, or are there modalities that they haven't even explored or ways that they can start to manage things differently than they used to? So yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. That's definitely something I can relate to. I have a family member who has a chronic foot issue and, um, you know, it's just the constant not knowing what is going to happen in the future with that. It's okay right now, but will it be okay in the future? And that definitely causes anxiety. So 
Dr. Williams, oftentimes those who have an orthopedic injury are unable to be active or exercise. So how does this play into the effects of mental health? Well, the thing that people get used to is the idea that when you have a routine or things that you know are going to provide value in your life, if you are having an experience of pain or you simply have an experience of something that uh, is let's just say it taken away from you, then that can lead to anxiety, depression. Uh, you start to wonder what it is that your purpose in life, what are you doing? And unfortunately, we don't always have the perfect answer every time. Uh, some people may have had surgeries that have changed how they're going to do their daily activities. Sometimes it's just a matter of how they're recovering from something that's already happened. And even if it is something that is getting better and is going to improve, then at some point they want to know like, well, what can I tell my family? Because this is a change that doesn't, sorry, it's not just something that happens for them. It happens for everyone around them. It's, it's a shared experience sometimes. Uh, and so all of those factors, not to mention uh, if you've never had an experience of going to a doctor or being in uh, a setting besides primary care, uh, some of this can be pretty scary. And just not knowing you know, what it is that you're, that you're in for, having someone to guide you through all of these processes. And that's just the expectation of what's going on from uh, the experience of having an orthopedic issue. There's also the side that if you have a history of depression, anxiety, or any other mental health concern prior to that, uh, that can also play into the idea that, well, how is this going to interact with my therapy on a daily basis or what medications I take and, and all sorts of other things that come into play from the other side as well. So, you know, you can't just separate one from the other. You know, that plays into a lot of things that, a lot of things that I tell my patients when I see them. Oftentimes, when an individual sees a chronic pain management physician, they've been suffering with a lot of these these issues for quite some time. And, and suffering is the word. I tell my patients, people can tolerate pain for a short period of time, but it's the suffering that we want to try to alleviate. And suffering is not just pain. Suffering is mental health. Suffering is uh, an inability to interact with family, inability to interact with friends, the fear of loss. Is, is sometimes overwhelming in individuals who may have been extremely healthy, extremely active, outgoing, uh, you know, extroverted, you know, um, you know having a, a wonderful life. And here they, they have this injury. It may not even be a devastating injury. They may not see their pathology, especially with spinal pathology, but yet they can't move an extremity or they, they're numb or they have constant burning in one of their upper extremities. That causes suffering. And, and that's where mental health is such a key issue in, in, in helping our patients to fully recover. And unfortunately, oftentimes, when I broach this topic with um, my patients, they, they, they look at me and they kind of cock their head to one side and say, what are you talking about? I'm not depressed. Well, I didn't say you were depressed. But, you know, when you look at a PET scan or you look at a functional study of, of the brain of an individual who suffers from chronic pain and an individual who's depressed, man, it's sometimes really hard to tell the difference between the two of them. And so I think education is primary when we start to see folks who are suffering from a long period of time like this. And we've got to bring in our, our mental health providers to, to help sort of take care of the whole person, not just their spine or not just their extremity. Absolutely. I, I, it's all encompassing, I believe, Dr. Williams. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, a part of what 
Dr. Dacness just said is incredibly true. When you talk about something, for example, let's go with that, with the question. The first thing people think of is I'm sad, but there's so much more to it than just the base emotion of being sad. That's a normal response to anything that happens in life that would produce that. There's a difference when you're talking about the idea that now, because of either a physical ailment or some other stressor going on, uh, now I can't sleep as well as I used to, or now I'm noticing I don't have the energy that I used to. And all of those factors as well, you know, I'm not able to do the things that I used to enjoy. These are all things that if you look at the way to diagnose depression, they come into play. But now you actually are saying physically there are limitations or changes that are directly contributing to that. So as as he said, it it really does make it difficult just to split them up. So from that standpoint, this is where you really need a collaborative effort. Seaview Orthopedics offers orthopedic care across all specialties in Ocean, Monmouth, and Middlesex counties. If you are suffering from any orthopedic issue, visit seaviewortho.com to book an appointment today. And, um, you know, in terms of that feeling of desperation or hopelessness, does that also feed, like Dr. Darkness, does that stress before a procedure? Is our patients telling you that they're feeling that anxiety, you know, before a procedure for orthopedic care? So from a procedural standpoint, people um, usually are very capable of understanding I'm going to go for this procedure on this particular day and my expectations are going to be X, Y, or Z. And and I take special care to try to give a, a reasonable picture of what their expectations can be. You know, is your relief going to be immediate? Is it going to be persistent? Uh, will it be robust? Will it last a long period of time? What can you expect long term? So we try to manage those expectations. Um, it's, it's you know, individuals who suffer from a chronic condition where maybe the pain continues to reoccur. That's that's where I start to get concerned about the the long-term psychological ramifications of having to deal with this problem that just doesn't go away. And as we said before, it's far-reaching. It certainly interferes with their interpersonal lives uh, and, and relationships suffer. You know, when you look at somebody who looks healthy on the outside but is having tremendous pain, you know, sometimes their spouses and their friends look at them and say, what are you talking about? You look fine. What? what? You know, stop complaining. You know, just be quiet. Devastating to say to somebody who suffers from a chronic problem. Um, and certainly as this this snowballs, they can start to have increasing symptoms. Uh, anxiety can get out of control, can make their pain much worse. And I, and I would defer Dr. Williams to, to help us understand that a little bit better. But when, once people start to tense up and become super anxious or very depressed and, and they manifest those clinical entities, yeah, man, the, sometimes the game can be lost unless we really act as a team. Yeah, absolutely. And a part of that has to do with the term for the subspecialty within psychiatry is psychosomatic medicine, uh, but I think it's also somatopsychic. It can happen both ways, meaning the mind affects the body and the body affects the mind. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, there's a huge stigma for uh, decades that's been going on when it comes to mental wellness. And that's a, that's a tough barrier to break through, depending on what a person's experiences or culture and family background and social background, all those things come into play. And to even broach this topic uh, is something that's a bit taboo for many people, be it personal or anyone around. Uh, so from that standpoint, to have 
professionals broach the topic, uh, it can be a little intimidating. Uh, it, this may be the first time anyone has even mentioned the idea. Like, you know, have you? Do you have someone to talk to? And I'm not, I'm not even talking about the idea of medication, which is its own, uh, you know, potential concern for people because they feel like, well, I I don't want to just do this and 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 have to rely on all of this for forever. And so uh, you, you end up with people that feel like, you know, this is just being thrown at them as something that is going to somehow make their life worse. And that's what I get from feedback from patients. They want to get better, but the second that you introduce the idea of mental health topics, they they feel like, oh, that's that's the one area I'm I'm not going to touch. I'm not I'm not going to address it. And ironically, uh, the fact that they're willing to just kind of put a lid on this and and just either ignore it or or try and suppress it uh, just leads to this feedback loop of of things getting worse because they're looking at one modality, only one one side of the spectrum, and wondering why their results are starting to become limited. And it's only until either someone else points it out to them or they feel like they're at their, you know, at their their most desperate that they'll seek me out or any mental health professional. And when that happens, I mean, we're we're more than happy to to help out, but uh, we also point out it could have been a bit smoother if we had addressed this from the start. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'd agree with that. Uh, I've run into you know such barriers, um, social, uh, emotional, cultural, without a doubt. You know, I, Doc, what are you talking about? This is not all in my head. You know, my spine hurts. I have real problems in my back. Yeah, I, I know you, you do, but those, your spine's attached to a human being. It's attached to a human brain. And, and you know, if you didn't have changes in your day-to-day activity based on this problem that you have, then I'd really begin to worry about you because you're dissociated. You're not, you're not living a human life. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an ongoing battle. It really is because I'll, I'll oftentimes run into real resistance. You know, why don't you talk with somebody? Why don't we, you know, maybe bring on someone to help speak with you, even if it's, uh, you know, a family member or a church member or, or a community uh, center member? Having someone to talk about their problems with can really go a long way in mitigating their or reducing their perception of pain and making their life better so that they control their pain, not being controlled by their pain, which is a a big issue that we try to get across to our patients. Such amazing points. Um, Feeding off of this and, you know, you guys touched on the cultural and those divisions do age or gender play a factor in the mental health ramifications of an orthopedic injury or illness? Do you see that when you're treating patients that there's more of a patient of this age group or is it just so broad in general with mental health? I'll start with the orthopedic component from a, just from a spine standpoint. I, my practice is mostly limited to spine. Um, there's definitely a, a an age issue. Um, the the social, socialization of human beings has changed tremendously over the last, I'd say, even 50 years, maybe even less than that. So expectations of younger individuals are vastly different than expectations of older individuals. And so you'll see the octogenarian, the 80-something-year-old individual who's got horrible spinal stenosis. Their, Their spine is just completely narrowed. They can barely stand. And they'll say something like, well, you know, as long as I'm sitting down, I'm fine but I can't walk anywhere. And they're pretty much okay with that, but they'd like to be able to walk better. Whereas sometimes younger individuals, you know, they, they're sometimes better educated. They have different different expectations. You know, they, they, they want to be better. They, and they, they have a different set of uh, verbalization about how they feel about their symptoms. I don't know, what do you, is your experience similar to that, Doc? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and just to to add on to that that difference. Uh, with the older patients that I've seen, a lot of it is more along the lines of, okay, I understand that I'm going to have very limited mobility, but uh, I just want to make sure someone checks on me once in a while and trying to coordinate some of those ancillary services. Uh, do you need someone visiting? Do you have family? And sometimes those topics become a bit uh, a bit of a sore subject. I've had I've had patients say like, "Oh, I was I was fine until I had the surgery, and then I had to tell my you know my children, you know, I'm uh, I'm not going to be able to visit you as much as I used to. But if you guys come and visit me, and magically the you know that started to decline. Uh, meanwhile, for the you know for the younger age group, uh, it's it's much more you know when when do I get back to full speed and Sometimes we have to temper those expectations just a little bit. Uh, we've we've had patients that that do things. I I, I like to call them the weekend warrior, where <laughs> you know Love they're that. starting to transition into a slightly older age. Not to tell on myself, where you feel like you could still do everything you used to, and uh, it gets gets a little more difficult with you know other parts of life getting in the way. I'm right there with and, you on that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and and adapting to to certain uh certain things as they change as we age uh and sometimes those transitions you know can can really be uh, uh kind of a black box when it comes to uh, emotional and psychological aspects uh but also si- since it was brought up the idea of of gender uh there are stereotypes that exist and i will say that many of the uh, male or identify as male clients that I've had uh, sometimes have a sense of shame if they've had either a procedure or they've had pain that they don't want to actually say anything about and, and just have tried to grin and bear it for a long, long time because it's been that stereotype to say, quote unquote, man up. Don't, you know, you don't show pain. You don't show emotion. You, you just do everything possible to hide it. And that's when I've noticed people have become emotionally stunted and they, they really do need some sort of outlet. They don't know what that is. They don't even have the vocabulary for it. Uh, so from that standpoint, that's what I've seen on the, on the male side. Um, I'm trying to think from a, from a female standpoint, I haven't seen exactly the same thing, although this can happen with any human being. I don't want to limit it to just, you know, to just men, but uh, that's that's been my experience in terms of if I had to say there was a pattern, uh, especially like I said that that age I would say age range for me anywhere between ages forty and sixty where uh, you're expected to be you know the the perfect bill of health and when you're not somehow that's considered a failure towards you that's how the person is viewing it that's not how anybody else is viewing it but that's how they're viewing themselves that's what I've that's what I've definitely seen in in my practice. Absolutely. I, I, I can see that, you know, personally, but I also see it in a lot of my male friends that like invincible, like your shoulders are hurt and you can't lift your arm above your head. But yes, you are invincible. We get it. You're, you know, lifting those heavy weights and throwing them around. Um, so just talking about screening, what can patients do to, you know, what are just a couple of coping strategies that patients can employ to improve their mental health? Well, uh, especially around this time, age of COVID, what we're doing right now uh, is kind of a cheap substitute. Not to say that anything about this is cheap. I know it costs money, but mm-hmm. uh, 
interaction still remains one of the best things you can do for yourself. Um, even for all my introverts out there, if you, you know, have people that you consider to be positive supports, reaching out to them, talking to them on a regular basis is always a great thing. Uh, anybody that's ever been involved with orthopedics, besides physical therapy itself, but things like yoga, meditation, you know, you may not be able to do the same things that you used to in terms of the movements, but that doesn't mean that the activity itself is lost, you know? And nowadays there's even more simple ways to do it. I'm not going to try and plug any particular apps or things, but the point is there are certainly several ways that you can get meditation and deep breathing exercises done, which is going to improve, you know, everything overall in terms of your well-being, in terms of, you know, how you feel on a daily basis, you know, can really help out. Uh, and also, of course, uh, the way I like to say it, even if physically you can't do the things you're used to, you still have the brain that can record them. And what I mean by that is if you like writing, if you have other outlets, if you have anything artistic, if you if you enjoy music, all these different things still engage, even if it's just, quote unquote, just your brain, uh, they do still have effects on your body. And we know this. So, uh, you know, all those things that sometimes we seem to take for granted, if you actually make them intentional, they can really boost how you're feeling on a daily basis. That's great. And um, just one last question, Dr. Dacness, um, if you felt like one of your patients was in need of mental screening or mental health, how does that conversation go? Well, um, having been in practice for many years, it's more of a conversational issue. Um, individuals that suffer from depression or anxiety or mental health issues surrounding a pain problem aren't difficult to spot. Um, they'll continue to uh, focus on their symptoms. They'll continue to be very one-dimensional with their, their conversation about how their life has gone off the tracks and it's, it's I'm consumed by my pain. And I, I continue to hear the Mm, I don't want to say exaggeration, but these words that are very powerful, like all-consuming. My, my, I feel like someone's taking a blade and stabbing it through my neck, and, and you know, with very, very graphic details. And when I start to hear things like that, I start to think this person is really suffering. And maybe they don't have the the verbiage or the words to tell me that, um, but they're certainly describing it in layman's terms, very vividly. And so when I start to hear those terms on a regular basis, I, I'll start to introduce the idea that, you know, as I said before, this is a spine problem or a pain problem, but it's attached to someone, to, it's attached to your brain. And you need to take care of that brain. You need to take care of your personality or you will lose your personality to this disease. And that's when I will start to kind of gently push towards having a, a mental health provider speak with patients. And I got to be honest with you, people who actually listen to that really do very well. I and, imagine. And, and people who don't, you know, those are the folks that really run into problems uh, because they, they start to lose all the other things that doctor was talking about. They start to lose their friends because their friends will only give so much. They start to lose their contact with the outside world because they've changed. They've, they've kind of, you know, retreated into their pain and it can be devastating to watch. It really can. I've seen it firsthand and, you know, getting someone out of that hole, figurative hole is, is very difficult. Um, one last question for you, Dr. Williams. Um, how does someone get screened for mental health issues, regardless if they revolve around the orthopedic care or not? 
Sure. Um, well, this is where I will do a plug because <laughs> uh, our system, RWJ Barnabas Health, we have something called an access center hotline. Uh, that is 1-800-300-0628. Once again, 1-800-300-0628. That is a 24-7 line that is fully staffed uh, to help at any level. And when I say any level, I mean any level. In other words, if a person is looking for an outpatient provider uh, for someone to talk to, if a person is in crisis, meaning that they feel like they are in a situation where they need help right away, uh, if it's a situation that they have been referred from uh, an outpatient provider or another service, all of it is taken care of within our system with that number. Uh, now, I'm sure that everyone is listening to this podcast with a pen and pencil right next <laughs> to them and everything, or more than likely they're commuting or jogging or doing whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, if you're doing some other activity and you don't have something to write down, please note, 911 is still a number that can be called in emergencies. and if you have no other recourse and you don't know anything else to do, that is still something that can help because they do have other numbers for your local area, be it at the crisis county level or at the simple outpatient provider level where they can get contact. And if you have insurance, you can also contact your insurance company for available providers. So those are the avenues that I would recommend. Uh, this is something that uh, I personally enjoy. It's something that I've done in my career. I still, uh, you know, still advocate for it. Uh, and the and the way that I always like to say it is: remember, no matter what, you're not alone, and help is out there. So that's you know that's pretty much the way I I, I love to talk to people about it. We love that. And we are so, so appreciative of you sharing that information. And, you know, um, we'll include maybe that phone number in our show notes as well. That way um, people can see it under our podcast show notes as well. Um, so this has been the CV Ortho podcast. A special thank you to today's guest, Dr. Arnold Williams of RWJ Barnabas Health and Dr. Dacness of CV Orthopedics. You can book an appointment online with Dr. Dacness today if you need um, some pain management in the spine area. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Seaview Ortho and like us on Facebook for updates on upcoming episodes. Get up, get moving, and get back to quality living with Seaview Orthopedics.